Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network with Van Burnett and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back, everyone. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 108. Today's Thursday, July 13th. Happy All-Star break, everybody, and happy All-Star break to you as well, Steve. Got a fun show, kind of a tradition at this point here in year three, where, of course, we're looking at some fantasy all-stars, but we usually put a little bit of a different spin on it where we're not just looking at the the guys on the actual all-star roster or the very best of the best. We're kind of looking at values, so all-stars that really, I guess, moved up the boards for you this season. You didn't have high expectations and these might be the ones that you could also define in a way as league winners because it's kind of found money. It's going to be a great uh, show format. We're, we're running through one at each position and we'll kind of break down certain ones more than others, but look really looking forward to it and thankful as always to have you guys here with us. You can follow us on Twitter at WinsAbovePod. I'm at Van underscore Verified. Steve is at Stav8818. Steve, how's it going, man? Good, good. Uh, mixing it up here. It's doing this on a, on a Sunday night as we record this. I mean, it's uh, a whole, what, five days without real baseball, or I guess four yeah, um, hopefully we're not too without... out of date with any topics because what, yeah, you know, I mean it's pretty much you know we'll miss no the game between, itself we'll, between yeah. now and and runtime. That's sure. really the only thing if there's any news, but it's nice to record a day or two early and not have something that's you know uh, not time relevant or anything like that. But you know, I, I know that there's a million shows that are probably going to do all stars. I, I think we tried to put a little different spin on it last year. I think we did like the actual all fantasy all-star team and then like an all value team. Now we're, we we're doing this blind as far as you and I, um, we haven't looked at each other's squads can compare that way. Uh, it's, it's fun. Like two, no, two shows in a row. We're doing like, uh, off the cuff live sort of, uh, yeah. You know, normally and, we have our full notes and everything like that in front of us and, and all prepared and, and put together great rundowns, and now we're like uh, some off the cuff stuff. It's it's fun. It's, it's, it's a nice it's a nice change up, though. I think uh, it's a cool way to look at this to have some comparisons and different different perspectives. I'm sure we will have some overlaps, but um, interested to see who we differ on, who we chose for each position. And yeah, I mean, if you have these guys, like you're you're doing pretty well. Yeah, you're you're happy with them, and it's it's fun to talk about some of these names on the show too, Steve, because it seems like more often than not we're talking about kind of fringe roster guys or weekly ads, and these are guys that for the most part should be uh, rostered, like you're mentioning. And the same was with uh, with last week too, with the show kind of going off script for underdog fantasy. 
so yeah, the, I'm looking forward to it, man. I got to ask before we jump in, general thoughts on the All-Star game, on All-Star break, because on one hand, it is cool. It is baseball, the summer classic. Like, you know, I've got memories growing up, a Griffey with the backwards hat, mm-hmm. you know, just some of the moments that like stand out more recently, you know, Pete Alonso getting a couple of the home run derbies, but you know, do you generally look forward to all-star break? Is this like an, a nice chance to catch your breath or are you just dying because you're looking at your phone for stats every five seconds and you know, it's more of a pain than, than a win. A little bit of both. Um, it's nice to take a, a breath, a, a, a breath, a mix uh-huh. break and breath there, a breath, uh, but yeah, a break and take a breath, a breath. Um, but to quote our boy, TJ, your, your, your buddy from home, uh, WAF listener, he tweets out basically, I think like once a week that <laughs> fantasy baseball is not for the faint of heart and it is not. And it is a very frustrating game. And as much as I love it, it is like my number one hobby in the world. Um, I wouldn't trade it. You know, it, it's the thing I love to do the most with my free time. Yeah. Um, it is, you know, it's, it's tolling. different. Than, it's, tolling. It, it's tolling. It's tolling. It's <laughs> not for the faint of heart. TJ is, is very, very right there. Um, so it's nice to catch a break. Like it's frustrating, you know, it, it, you make moves every day. Some work out, some don't, um, you know, <laughs> it, it, not to make this about me, but you know, my home league, I'm in second place, like, you know, having a great year. But I have just been frustrated with my team all year and, like, you know, trying to make the right moves and trading for Trout a week before he gets hurt. Like, those mm-hmm. things happen, and it's very, very frustrating. And it's different than fantasy football because that's just, like, once, you know, the games are once a week. This is every single day, and it's a grind. And, like, whether you're in head-to-head or Roto, head-to-head trying to scrape out whatever categories you have, Roto trying to do whatever you can to, you know, go up the standings, um, weekly fab leagues where you have to, you know, dedicate a lot, a lot of time to make fab bids and change your roster and make sure you're doing the proper things for the short term and for the long term. It's it's a grind and you feel it by now and it comes at a great time. But that being said, it's Sunday night at 915 and I am devastated that there is not a box score to check while we're doing the show right now. So a little <laughs> bit of both. Yep, I hear you. I, I, it's it's well said. I think it'll be nice. I mean, the reason we're recording so early, I'm I'm going to San Diego, which little bummed that there's also not games. Yeah, uh, like you, you know, know, so I could go. Yeah, the Padre game. Yeah, I went a few years ago, but it was uh, pre Tatis, like five years ago. So yeah, it would have been would have been nice. But um, without further ado, Steve, let's let's get into the mix. So how we're gonna do this is again position by position. Steve and I will go back and forth and talk about these guys. We have not looked at each other's lists here, but this is not just the best at every position. This is value-based for fantasy. So starting out with catcher, Steve, feel like you could go a couple different ways with this, mm-hmm. and I feel like we got a WAF favorite. Did you go with Jonah Heim as your catcher I did. Uh, for, for the I All-Star? Did. Okay, did. well, talk to me about Jonah Heim, man. I put him, but I put it back up because I know that we're like the Heim podcast, because we were yeah. probably two years early on him, and, and we've uh, loved yep. him ever no, I have since. No shares. But... I don't think I've any shares. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah, uh-huh. I don't know. I need to listen to my advice from years 
before and, and then just do that each year. I don't know. Um, the Heim is awesome, man. Um, 282, 333, 474, 12 homers. And then where I think, like, you know, in my league settings, I know this is different. Like, when you go to, like, your rankings in Yahoo or Fantrax or whatever format, like, you know, there's always the the rankings. And that's kind of how I built this list. Um, I went to my league page and just, like, looked at top-ranked guys and then compared mm-hmm. it to where they were for ADP. But uh, Jonah Heim's the number one catcher in, in my format. It's pretty standard, a 7x7, seven seven, like, you know, add hits and, and, and OPS. Um, but other than that, like, you know, no, like, singles or triples or anything like that. Um, but he is the number one catcher in my formats, um, and a lot of that has to do with the 42 runs and 59 RBIs, right? Like, wow, crazy. That's, what, 101 total RBIs and runs already, um, if I did that math right. Um, yes. It's, for, for a catcher, that's... 102. 102. 102. Um, so yeah, uh, you usually like, because catchers don't play every day, like you don't really care too much about those, those totals, but that's crazy, crazy good totals for, for a catcher and Heim has been awesome. Good in OBP too. I mean, three, 338 isn't, isn't horrible. And though sometimes catchers have a hard time with that, but Heim looks legit. Like the signs were there, like from that, uh, well, we're, we're, what, what threw him on to us? Like, uh, that four homer like stretch in like the yeah. 2020 season that we were the talking long, about. Yeah. The long like weekend, the long weekend yeah. where he had like four homers and he had like three to the warning track during that time. Yeah. And we we kind of took a closer look. So he's probably like 25 at that time. I remember you were saying, cause was he a prospect for the athletics and he was yes, on your radar, was. but I was the he one kind of digging in on his, his savant videos of even like his outs. So yeah, we've loved time, but we can't, pretend that we knew this was coming where like you said i mean he's more or less on pace for 190 runs plus rbis now that's if the rangers can stay as hot as they have been but man he's a ton and the switch hitter he he hits homers to plays a lot yeah and uh i guess like when you look at the the longevity and just a quick look under the hood i mean the barrel rate and everything isn't like through the roof but the hit tool is definitely there and the power is not an accident like we've talked about in the past the max ev is is you know multiple times back-to-back seasons up above 110 uh this year's xba is 270 so i think probably true talent like when we get into next year this is a 20 to 25 homer guy and the average is probably 265 plus because mm-hmm. yeah he, he's got this good is probably skills. the top yeah but it's still i think a top five catcher go, probably going forward yeah with yeah, the lineup cool. context yeah yeah well yeah and, and you mentioned he's hitting 282 that was also his adp was 282 mm-hmm. so <laughs> huge value for jonah jonah heim there uh, mine uh, on the back up there, because I did have Heim, but w- was, of course, Sean Murphy. Yep. And he was a little bit more pricey on draft day. But if you took Sean Murphy right in that range we were talking about, Steve, because we were out on the first two or three catchers this year with, like, Adley, Sal, and uh, JT Real Muto. But we said we wanted to get in on the mighty middle, and Sean Murphy's ADP was 109. But of course, he has been, you know, doing everything with the Braves. It's actually been a stinger for me because I had Travis Darno in a handful of leagues. But Sean Murphy hitting 306 on the year with a 999 OPS, 
seven homers, and he himself has 97 runs plus RBIs, mainly with the 55 RBIs there. So unlike Heim, Murphy's stat cast page is just bright, bright mm-hmm. red. Uh, you know, they're both 28 years old. So I think long term, Sean Murphy feels like he will be like an SP1 or two if he can keep this up because a lot of no doubter homers uh, and and the XBA kind of is right there with it, his 306 average, his XBA is 300. So a uh, great breakout this year for Sean Murphy, a guy who already was uh, promising last year with the 18 homers and hit mm-hmm. 250, but he's pretty much at that home run total halfway through the season. So, yeah, that was mine uh, for Sean Murphy. Not sure if you got anything to add there, Steve, but I know we got a lot of names to go through. Lesson learned for me on Murphy. I was all over him last year. He got off to a super, super slow start. Like, I think he hit, like, you know, he was hitting, like, close to, like, 150 in May or something like that. And That's right. He was dropped. And, uh, yep, and I was league, definitely one of those guys that dropped him and sort of didn't get rid of my bias for the, the tough stretch that I had last year. Of course, he had a really, really good, um, you know, few months. I think he had, like, you know, uh, a seven homer 900 OPS month that ended up bringing up that stat line, you know, considering he was a drop in April and May, the fact that he had 18 homers and 250 showed how good he was, um, in other months. Um, so yeah, I, I think I need to be a little bit better about throwing out, uh, being burned on some guys, uh, in, in prior years. So, um, yeah, I, I, Another one that, yeah, I expected Murphy to be good and going to a better lineup and, and ballpark, but you know, close to a thousand OPS, crazy. Yeah. Well, I'll take first dibs on uh, first base here, Steve. I don't think this will be an overlap, but but maybe. And Homer alert! This is this is my boy. This is a guy I've loved for years and years, and he finally put it together this year, which I'm very very happy about. It's Yandy Diaz with the Tampa Rays. I know there's been a little bit of a power drought in the past month, but for all the years we were waiting for him to unlock some power, it finally has happened, at least to some extent so far this season, with 13 home runs. The average, which you've always loved Yandy's contact skills, despite looking like an action figure, he's hitting 323 on the season with a 923 OPS. And with the powerful Rays offense, he's got 58 runs, 43 RBI, you know, there's a little bit of frustration with Yandi because even though he doesn't get injured, it feels like he gets a healthy scratch at one out every six days or he's got something that they're kind of nursing. Uh, but again, the the fact that he's kind of pairing it all together with the, the plate discipline, his contact percentage is 89th percentile, his O swing is 90th percentile, sixth in the league in hard contact. So you look at like, the fact that he hits the hell out of the ball and he has such good plate discipline. The XBA is 300 underneath the surface. So really love what Diaz is doing. And the ADP at the start of the year was 273 for Diaz. So not sure what it'll look like at the end of the year. I mean, I I, I don't know it's as, if it's as clean as saying, you know, double the home run to- total with how it's gone down. He just has one in the past month. But even if he gets north of 20 homers, I think you're – Still looking at Diaz as a must roster with the counting stats and the average. So love Yandi and had to give him a shout for uh, first half value all star for me for first base. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely deserving. I mean, the ground ball rate is back up to a sixty three point eight percent on the fifteen day rolling average, and it's kind of been 
in that area. Uh-huh. Know, since, yeah, the launch angle's down yeah. from last year, unfortunately. Since, since June. So it's been crazy how it spiked back up. There was like a, you know, uh, around game 20, it was like around 30%. Um, and, you know, we thought that it was finally happening. But, hey, without it last year, Gandhi Diaz was still, without it being, you know, the fly balls and homers. He was still a really good fantasy player just because of the average and the ability to take a walk and the counting totals. Like he's not one of the rays that are platooned every day, every day. Yeah. He has a few, he's had been banged up, especially recently. Um, and that's sort of coincided with the ground ball rate. So maybe there's something going on there and the all-star break can, can heal him up a little bit and maybe we'll start to see some more fly balls. But even with the slight uptick in power, you know, you should expect at least five more home runs the rest of the I, way. I was going to ask 18. over under like seventeen and a half. You, yeah, so you, you'd count on it. Yeah, you know, if you if you had if you had Diaz's line last year with seventeen homers, like you know, you sign up for that right away because he was still really good without the homers last year with this what nine I think he had last year. So um, goes to show you how just a little bit, like it doesn't matter the shape of it, he's going to get there, especially in roto leagues. Well, and he hit one today. It's, it's got to be yeah. noted as we yeah. record on Sunday, monster day, three for five, Homer, four RBIs. So yeah, yeah. Yep. he's kind of cementing his spot here. Yeah, putting a punctuation mark. He doesn't need it. to double his home run totals the rest of the way. This is, is kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Deserving. All right, on to you, Steve, for first um, base. Another one of my boys. Another guy that I'm that I love and hype up here and have no shares of, but Christian Walker. Um, Ooh, okay. Okay. He was the ninth first baseman taken, um, hundred eighty two ADP, um, and in That's my late only, too, man. For how much uh, we liked him. Yep, uh, thirty eight homers last year, um, and he's doing it again. He has two sixty five, three thirty six, five twelve. So the average is even better. More of what we saw in the second half last year. Um, eighteen homers, forty six runs, fifty fifty eight RBIs, and he's chipped in six stolen bases without even being caught too. So, um, kind of like a prime Goldschmidt light type season uh, going on here from Christian Walker. Uh, wish I would have paid more attention to and, and targeted more. It was just you know such a concern to get a top first baseman for me in, in drafts and kind of didn't focus on on a value there in Christian Walker but I think he has been absolutely awesome part of the reason why the Diamondbacks are so good this year and he's just become a really steady player at first base yeah the six steals is wild Mm -hmm. um you would love to see that continue uh I think a show note though Steve because I got the at least the NFPC ADP through March and I've got Walker at 124 ADP. So I don't okay. know if that I was... had him at 128. Um, oh, okay. I thought you said yeah. 188 or no, 68 no, or something. I was like, well, okay, yeah, gotcha. Sorry if I misspoke there earlier. But no, no, no. You're good. Yeah, Walker, uh, he's been another guy who's kind of up and down. Like, what was his bad, uh, I guess, April, just a 724 OPS? Yeah, probably a good really buying opportunity too, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. And, um, yeah, to see the... The power, the average, a little bit of speed, and yeah, it's it's been a surprisingly great season for the D backs. So the the counting stats right there with it, with the fifty eight RBIs. So yeah, Walker is a ton, and I don't see much changing. I guess if you wanted to squint 
like his barrel rate and his hard hit rate have been down a little bit from where they were last year. So I don't know. Are we putting any stock into that? I feel like we know he's a bopper. You know, it, it's tough because last year his stats, his stack cast page, um, as I'm pulling it up, was ridiculously like bright red. Like that's what kind of turned us on to him, right? Um, mm-hmm. So the max EV still good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really good last year. It's it's good this year. Um, you know, the the K percentage has improved, so maybe he's trading some of that there for for you know and still able to tap into his power when he can you know sometimes that's that's hard to see like right with cody bellinger as an example right like his his stack catch page is like far less impressive than it's been like ever but clearly something's working and he's like trading that you know those strikeouts for some softer contact which yeah it's going to make those sliders a little look a little blue but if you're not striking out as much um there's a way to um, sort of balance that that isn't going to get caught in the slider. So, um, yeah, I, I'm still in and in, in, in a buyer of what Christian Walker is doing. Totally fair. Let's move around the diamond to second base. I'll lead us off here, Steve, and ask you if we got the same Luisa Reyes at second. I do not. I do not have okay. Luisa right. well, I, I, that... I play. I play in leagues with more than one category. And that 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 helps my narrative a little bit with Arias because the ADP uh, two hundred three in the month of March and that was you know what everybody was saying that it's like you know this is hollow average and he was kind of the the Stephen Kwan before Stephen Kwan you know this was a, a guy that I wish I would have held on to my love for him when he was with the Twins I thought that he would be kind of a cheat code for fantasy especially you know my my home league setting Steve where we mm-hmm. you know value singles strikeouts walks all that stuff so guys who strike out as rarely as a guy like Quan or Arias Arias has just a 5.3% strikeout rate this season for what it's worth uh but yeah th- those guys get bumped up in my home league so I'm always kind of watching for him but Arise, I got to admit, I had kind of moved on and just thought, yeah, he'll probably bet, you know, 305, but everything else is going to look pretty puny. And the, the 40 runs, the 42 RBIs is good enough to go with the 383 average. And that's really all you got to say. The fact that he has just three home runs and a 905 OPS, I think speaks volumes. Uh, first guy I can remember, Steve, in a while that, at all-star break has had a legit shot at, at hitting 400. Maybe that's a short-term memory that I'm forgetting somebody who is this high at all-star break, but pretty crazy. And I'll say what else is, is crazy is that Arias is just 26 years old. Like at this point, for, for some reason, I'm kind of viewing him as like, I don't know, a 29-year-old uh, kind of getting to the vet years, but he still is kind of entering, not that it matters for him, like a power peak or power prime, but in general, just as an athlete, like what's what's left for Arias as a, a hitter? Is it just to, to hit 400 at this point? Because everything he's done leading up to this has been, you know, he's hit 334, 321, 316, and this year 383. So Gotta gotta give him his flowers here at All Star Break. It's been an insane first half of the year for Arias. I, I don't know if there's ever been a lower ISO with a higher OPS. An eighty nine oh eight nine ISO and a nine fifteen OPS. That is just absolutely crazy. 
Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you're you're right. I, it was more tongue in cheek. There's this is definitely deserving and absolutely amazing with what he is doing. Um, so say he keeps it up, but he doesn't. Not at this clip. Say he finishes the season a three sixty hitter, you know, eighty five, eighty five, and like six homers. Where does a profile like that go in drafts? Because also you're not getting speed. So like, is that, I, I feel like DJ LeMahieu was kind of like that with the Rockies. Where he goes, you he, like goes a, he goes way too high because he's not going to carry a four or three Babbitt. Uh, it's going to go back down to his career yeah. average of 350, 330. But does that stat line end up being like a fourth round guy? Would you guess next year? I get, I would guess it would be my biggest fade, but I would guess it would go around there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, give me your second baseman, Steve. That's Arias. Shout out and and four hundred would be pretty cool. I'll, I'll take your one category and raise it five to five because I'm going with Cattell Marte, um, who is at two eighty six, three sixty three, four ninety four with fifteen homers, six stolen bases, sixty two runs, and forty four RBIs. He was the nineteenth second baseman off the board. At a 199 ADP, I know we're looking at slightly different ADPs, but probably pretty close there. Um, Marte is like exactly uh, we we talked about him on a recent show, right? I think yep, two or yep. three shows ago. But this is what we hoped from um, Prime Cattell Marte when he broke out in 2019. Um, even with like a little more speed, right? Like uh, that that kind of went away in the, in the shortened year in 2021. So. Um, He's putting it all together, and he's finally healthy for the first time since that shortened season, which was kind of disappointing. Um, you know, was good in 2021, but didn't stay healthy. Last year was a disaster, and everyone was then out on him. Uh, and now he's already got you know um, more home runs than he did in 137 games last year, um, six less runs, and like. 30 less hits. It's crazy. Um, 26 less wow. hits than, than he did already uh, in about 50 less games. So um, he is back to what we, we expected and uh, a five category contributor um, once again. Maybe, you know, maybe with Steele's being up sixes, it, it's, it's not zero. Um, just, you know, the fact that it, it takes more to be a contributor than. than these days because steals are up so much, but uh, Morte has been really, really good. And I think deserving of uh, a a value all-star pick. Yeah. And I think just looking at lat compared to last year, just a a quick shout to his improvement on breaking balls where last year he had 143 plate appearances against the breaking balls. And uh, well, at least, that's when they were thrown and, and just two homers. So a 295 slug against breaking balls this year, seven homers and a 549 slug against the breaking balls. So the batting average looks a lot better too. So like to see that he's kind of corrected whatever was going on there, but love Marte, uh, Steve. Yeah. We talked about him on a recent show and just a note, you've now gone back to back D back. So let's just see how many uh, you got here or, or we have because uh, yeah, you could you could make an argument uh, down the line here, but let's keep it rolling. Uh, Steve, I'm going to throw it back to you uh, for let's go third base here for the All-Star squad. 
sticking with a, a team that I've already used, but not the Diamondbacks. I'm sticking going to the Rangers. Um, that's Josh Young. Um, he has quietly put together an awesome first half with 19 homers, 62 runs, 56 RBIs, 280, 331, 504. Yes, there is a lot of K's in his game. Um, and the case have gone up recently, but it still really hasn't affected him. He's had a bunch of homers in, in, in recent days. So, um, it reminds me of like pre plate discipline, Austin Riley. Maybe? Yeah. But like Brady, yeah, exactly. I, I yeah. was saying, I was saying Riley, but like, you know, Riley, bef- the year he broke. Yeah. Out, like, maybe. The, yeah. The breakout Austin Riley, um, just he's been really good. I mean, maybe there is another step with uh, the K's, but it's it, it isn't bothering him now. Um, he was the 19th third baseman off the board, a 218 ADP. Um, you know, does everything you want to do as far as like batted ball quality. Um, the max EV is surprisingly like kind of it's 54th percentile, um, only a 109 max EV, but it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, top 10. Average exit velocity, which I know is has its flaws, but hard hit percentage, 88th percentile. Um, all the, the XBA is great despite the Ks. Um, and, you know, uh, just has the absolute great raw power. Um, this is, you know, everything you could have hoped for and more for Josh Young. Yeah, there's more of his homers than not are no doubters. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about that either, Steve. Um, just looking, yeah, the 28% K rate. I mean, it's, it's encouraging really that he's got a 274 XBA with that much, mm-hmm. uh, there. So it must be what the line drive rate. Holy smokes. I mean, we've 31%. seen so many of these types of hitters, you know, it's like, as long as they can keep it under 30 and like, that's what he's doing. Right. Like that's what Austin Riley first did before the extreme, um, plate discipline improvement. Yeah, it's a good one, and yeah, I know he had a, a little bit of a lull in June, so it's nice to see him in, you know, the small sample we've seen in July, right the ship and, and bring some homers in. I was kind of curious if I could get there. Uh, I'm not going to be able to. It's kind of dragging. Yeah, I wanted <laughs> to see line drive rate leaders uh, because he's way up there with 31%, so that's when you add that with his hard hit rate, hard to argue for sure. Uh, I'm going for a, a Cincinnati Red here, Steve, and it's Spencer mm, like Steer. It. And this is one that I got. I got line know, driver. I got line drive rate uh, on Fangraphs leaderboard. Up there. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, know it's a little, it, a little different. Um, you're the leader in line drive at 29.4 percent. Again, this is on Fangraphs. Um, uh-huh. Luis Arias, 29.4 oh. percent. Okay. Um, you're, you're right though. Josh Young is up there, uh, 24.6%, uh, 13th in the league behind Mike Trout, just ahead of his teammate, Leoli Tavares, um, Andrew Bentendi, Jerickson Profar, uh, Justin Turner. So guys that, you know, line the ball, which is, which is Yeah, good. but of those names, who above him is like a slugger? But I guess Trout. Trout. I mean, Freeman's not really a slugger. That's really it. I mean, Rizzo is up there too. Um, sure. Yeah, but, but that's kind of the. I, I yeah. think that's the point too. It's like yes. something that we like about. Got a, it seems like he's got a great, like yes, there's swing and miss in his game, but there's also like a hit tool in there, which, you know, I think hit tool could be defined in in, in different ways. So, 
Yeah. Um, the fact that he's he's lining the ball uh, that that's going to lead to him not having like a Max Muncie line, more like yeah. you know, yeah. uh, J. Martinez, Mike Trout. Not saying he's Mike Trout, um, but better average with high Ks. Yep. Yeah, I like it. So jumping back to Spencer Steer, this one I'm kind of it, it stings. Because we were talking about him early enough to where he was widely available, Steve. I, and I remember us saying, yep. I think you specifically said there's, like, the more we talk about Steer, there's not a roster I have that I wouldn't want him on my team. And for some reason, yeah, I we just gotta, never we gotta go. We got to go trick. back to that show and, like, play uh-huh. it for Clip me that. when I dropped him. And now <laughs> my buddy it's, Sal it's, is reaping the benefits, yeah. Yes, and it's it's a little too late now, and you gotta you gotta tip the hat that he has been kind of the unsung hero mm-hmm. of this Reds Renaissance uh, on the first half of the season, if you will. Two eighty average, eight fifty four OPS, fourteen homers, nine steals, a forty five run, fifty one RBI on the counting stats. Uh, yeah, it's just been super impressive from Steer, at least on the surface line. You can kind of poke some holes in it that the uh, barrel rate is not that great. Uh, but the BABIP is just 314, which isn't insane. And the plate discipline is pretty good. I mean, he definitely takes a walk. Uh, look at his pitchless page, 87th percentile in O-swing. Uh, and I think it was just, uh, what was it? Maybe 23% swing strike. But yeah, Steer's been... Point is, he's been a stud, even if uh, his savant page doesn't light up. He definitely deserves the credit here. And I'm pretty interested to see what happens here, Steve, because if he does cool off a little bit, you know, I think that there's enough in his profile that I'd be interested in, like, a a target in next year's drafts because it's a great offense all of a sudden to have exposure to. So, yeah, had to throw out Spencer Steer for that one. Yeah, I mean... 14 homers, 9 stolen bases with a K rate of 18.3% and a walk rate of 11.3%. That is a recipe for success despite the fact that the batted ball quality isn't, like, amazing. Um, Still a decent max EV, um, 65th percentile. Um, Barrels enough, and in that home park, like, um, you're going to get the most out of it. Plus, he looks like a pulled fly ball guy. If you look at his spray charts, like all of his home runs are to like yep. left center um, down the line. Um, or sorry, that yeah, left center down the line as a as a righty. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it it looks like he knows exactly when to swing for the fences, how to get the most out of those. You know, like the the Nolan Arenado blueprint. Um, mm-hmm. the, the nab. I don't know if that rolls off the tongue like the Blake Snow, <laughs> Snow blueprint, but um, getting the most out of the pull fly balls with that that um, hit tool and, and plate discipline is is, is good stuff. So I, I like Spencer Steer a lot. All right. Well, we will round out with shortstop, but first we are going to take our first ad break, and we'll be right back. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain, and they help you understand the science behind your eating choices 
and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Okay, so Steve, uh, you know, I know we got a lot of names to still go through here, so I I can uh, do kind of the snake draft style and go again here. It should be an easy one um, because it's his teammate and everyone in the world knows that Ellie De La Cruz is about as exciting as you could dream up a baseball player. And yeah, I, I think this is more just a statement one. Obviously, his ADP was kind of non-existent, but I feel like he was even undervalued a little bit as a prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was highly touted, but I don't think anyone fully saw that he would come in and look more like Tatis Jr. than like a poor man's O'Neill Cruz or something. And just, I mean, obviously it's ridiculous. We've all seen it, but in 30 games... So multiply any of these stats by five just for fun. He has uh, four homers, so there's 20. 16 steals after stealing every base on the single the other day. That was incredible when he stole home. Uh, So, yeah, he's about on pace for about 70 steals, and he's hitting 325 uh, while he's at it. So, yeah, had to throw Ellie on there just because if you got him, no matter how you got him or what you had to give up for him, uh, you've got, what, maybe a top three top fives shortstop you should the rest of the way so shout out there and uh ellie is an all-star in my book where are you taking him next year oh man uh second round i think unless this unless we see like a total slump uh which i don't even know it will he will he last then or is he a first round guy in a league with me i don't think he would because i remember the the trepidation that happened it was the same thing with tatis jr where in that next year, his ADP was like 18 or 20 overall. So like mid-late, and I remember all the experts, I was probably in the mix of saying like, oh, way too much volatility, like it's going to, like people are reaching because of the sizzle, and like some players just have the gift, man. And like, yeah, it just seems like every night he wants to do things that will help your fantasy team, which is a great thing. It's like when you hear... I don't know, uh, Acuna say that he's actively trying for a 40-40 season, and you're like, oh, please, give me all that. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I would probably take him around that middle of the second round, and I bet I won't have a lot of shares. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd do it in the first. I think he's that good. Um, I, I surprisingly didn't go Ellie. I should have, but um uh, glad we have another name to talk about. I went with Wander Franco. Um, 278, 338, 459, 11 homers, 28 steals, uh, 49 runs, 44 RBIs. Like this is kind of the prime Wander Franco that we were all like dreaming on last year. And then the injuries sort of derailed him a bit, um, were a lot last year. He just could never really get going. Then there was like that concern too. Like I think he like was missed one of the early games too with a groin that left him out all last year. But it seems mm-hmm. like he's figured out a way to to manage that turf and 
in Tropicana. Um, you know, I, I mean, he's a hundred percentile outs above average too, which is crazy. That just goes to show you how good of an athlete is. Yeah, the power might be slightly disappointing, but maybe he'll start to tap into that a bit more. Um, I think he's also yeah, not a little a... bit unlucky too, as far as the average. The XBA is up to two eighty nine. He's only hitting two seventy eight. So. Uh, with that, the OPS I remember Steve because Franco was a name. I, I remember vividly our our Spore podcast because mm-hmm. that was such a cool moment. And I remember we brought up Franco, and we were we were kind of talking about like he would need to take a step forward somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think we were all in the camp of like, oh, if he can be a twenty homer guy, he might do everything else well enough to where that's all he needs to do to be like a top fifty type of player. But what's so I, I I feel like I'm taking the eleven homers at this point, but what's crazy to me is in his previous major league career, he's got hundred and fifty three games in that time just ten stolen bases on eleven attempts. And now in half of that, right, eighty six games so far, twenty eight steals. He's yeah, been he's caught attempted, stealing yeah. eight times, so he's yeah. he's attempted thirty six. I know you love so, that. You love the stolen base attempt total, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this just seems like a poster boy for taking advantage of of the the new run environment with the, the sprint speed, at least on Savant, has been 59th percentile. I feel like he's probably faster than that, right? But mm-hmm. maybe it is just related to kind of, you know, being a little bit more uh, mature about how to handle the groin and everything. But, yeah, clearly the guy's a base runner. Um, so, yeah, this is another one that's probably going to be what – you think a first rounder or maybe like around the turn if he keeps it up? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's tough to project at this stage because we were saying the same stuff about like, and like Jesse the line Winker. is going to be so <laughs> like if if he even if he double like let's say I know this isn't the greatest exercise but if he doubles the line right and it's two eighty with an eight hundred OPS um, twenty two homers. Call it 50 40, steals. Yeah, know? 45, something like that. Yeah, yeah, like that line is going to be hard to, to – I, I think it will be a back-end first rounder like on the turn, yeah. Yeah, okay, nice. I like that one. I'm glad, like you said, we get to talk other names. Okay, uh, at this stage we're moving to the outfield, and I know we got to pick up on time, so I can help again here with another – kind of laugher and fun one because you think value and you think mm-hmm. like sleepers uh yeah my first one steve is on my a bit of a list. joke that the top yeah. overall pick yeah, ronald acuna jr is still a value for the ridiculousness he's putting up uh, 331 average and 990 ops 21 homers 41 steals 79 runs 55 rbis and yeah i, I know i was joking that i was all uh you know grumpy because I had him last year which was the only season where he had like a 776 OPS and not like high 900s mm-hmm. but uh it's hard not to just love what this guy's doing and remembering he's 25 years old we're watching a future hall of famer and it's it's incredible so yeah not not sure if there's anything to add you have him on your list as well I did and my question was is this the best fantasy season ever but it also might not be the best fantasy season this year because if you play in a league where Otani is one player, that that is probably the best um, fantasy season yeah. ever, uh, which is absolutely crazy. 
Um, well, I mean, you know, I might have to jump in here, Steve, because I know you, you kind of started playing more in like the past 15 years or something, mm-hmm. but just to throw out that 2001 Barry Bonds season, a 328 average, 73 homers, yeah. 137 RBIs. 177 walks if you're in a walks league, mm-hmm. 515 OBP. I don't know. I, I might take steals? Bonds How many there, steals but... was it for, was it for Cat? No, he had 13. He had All 13 right, yeah, steals yeah. there. I mean, so it, he's up a, there, but. I think this yeah, has, got this a has shot an argument. At it, yeah, yeah. I mean, no if he has question. 70 steals and 40 homers, that's got an argument too. And I think Otani does as well with 32 homers, 11 steals, a 1050 OPS. Oh, and a 110 whip with a 322, 333 ERA, 132 strikeouts in 100 innings. So uh, those, those two, I think, have valid arguments, even up to yeah. the 74 homers. I know that might sound blasphemy, um, but no, whatever. Right. They're I all mean, in the Hall of Fame of fantasy seasons uh, already. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And right, I know so we, we didn't have a spot had... for Otani. Particularly, I didn't have him on my pictures list. It was more values, but glad we. No, talked I didn't about, put him here either. Glad but we he, talked he about is, Acuna course. and Otani on, on this show. Okay, mine that I actually want to dive in here with a, a one twelve ADP in March. I feel like very quietly we are seeing a fantastic resurgence, a, a bit of a redefinition, a throwback to Christian Yelich, good Christian Yelich, who now has a two eighty five or two eighty five batting average, an 834 OPS, which is fine, 11 homers, like we were saying with Wander Franco, like it's fine. But the 21 steals from Yelich is incredible for a guy his age with the health problems. And then you look at the counting stats because he's now hitting leadoff, 66 runs and 46 RBIs. So again, when you're looking at Yelich, I think you thought it would be kind of that stuff and things, Ben Zobrist mold where he kind of helps a little bit everywhere. But if he can turn in like a 20-35 season, he's at, he's going to get 105 runs in his sleep. And the average up at 285, like this is kind of pre-launch angle 40 homer Yelich, which was a really good player. But even by those standards, obviously the the running environment is helping here, but he's probably on, on pace for the best year he, he would have ever had with the Marlins. So this is uh, great to see. I'm not sure really what it means for redraft because how much are you going to continue to bank on Yelich stealing as he's now, what, like 30, is he 32? I'll look that up. He but Yelich, is yeah, 31. 31. It's, yeah. But 31, but he feels like an old 31. So yes. I don't know. I, I might be a little nervous, but I do have to, to give him the shout out. Um, the hard hit rate is – you know, back up to where, mm-hmm. you know, the last two years it was around 48, 49%. It's 53.5 this year. So, yeah, just a big shout out to Yelich and his, his XBA is 299. So it could look even better. So, Yelich was one of mine, Steve. If you want to add anything to that or hit on your second outfielder, this looks like, you know, breakout Yelich that is like a slight launch angle away from like becoming MVP Yelich again. Like, that's how good his batted ball metrics are. And, his stack-ass and pitcherless pages are. Um, everything is bright red all over the place there. The one thing that jumps out is the um, 56.8% ground ball rate, uh, 17% mm-hmm. fly ball rate. Um, you saw what happened when he got just to like a 28% and 22% uh, and like even like a, you know, uh, 
if he can get to like 19 or 20 percent fly ball rate you would think that that home run total could be closer to 20 with how hard he hits the ball how well he hits the ball so um kind of crazy how all of his home runs are like center or opposite field really oh really yeah strange yeah. his spray yeah, chart his, his spray chart looks like a righty it is insane that yeah, is so it's it's weird. the highest it's the highest yeah. flare and burner rate of his career and his highest strange, opposite field strange. rate of his career. What a weird career! Like right, he, like absolutely. Yeah, this is uh, and and it's weird because you think of like those adages. It's like you know the greatest indicator of uh, you know someone's ability to to do something is if they've done it in the past. And it's like he is you, no one else benefited more from like a launch angle change you know yeah. and it's, it's like how could it be that hard to look at film or remember what your coaches worked with you on <laughs> who would have thought you know? how fixing the answer to fixing yellow was like okay go oppo on everything <laughs> right. right like yeah. what baseball is so weird it, it is, is a strange you, got, you game. gotta love it so yeah. yeah we'll have our popcorn here but for a guy who is starting to feel like we knew who he was he surprised us again and we gotta gotta give yeah. him credit there so yeah. Let's hear your uh, your second outfielder, Steve. Uh, I went with um, an under herald. Maybe uh, maybe this is, deserves a bit of a deep dive. Uh, you know, I don't know how real it is, but Lane Thomas uh, quietly been he, a five category stud. He was my third, dude. There we yeah, go. Yeah, there we I go. cannot believe that. I only went with two, so I'm glad uh, glad we we evened out on one. Maybe that could uh, allow us to get the pitchers a little quicker, um, but. 302, 347, 497, 14 homers, 8 steals, 60 runs, 49 RBIs. So amazing wow. counting totals on a horrible team, right? Uh, the, even yeah. the 73rd outfielder drafted, 305 ADP, essentially free in drafts. Um, honestly, surprised and impressed that he had a 305 ADP. Glad that there were people smart enough to be in on him. Um, it's so hard when like, it's so, so hard because people were so in on Lane Thomas after that impressive 2021. And he was so bad last year. I liked him a lot in 2022. I have him in a league that I picked him up off the wire. Um, he sat out there in the wire for way too long in my home league. Um, and probably did in a lot of other leagues too, but he has been awesome. Um, and, and you know, people that were patient with him and, and still believed after the disappointing year last year. Um, hats off to you. He is definitely a first half fantasy all-star. Yeah. The, the XBA is up from last year, but I'm trying to see of his kind of underlying metrics, like what has changed all that much. Cause like, seems like a sell, right? Right. Yeah. A little bit, but I guess the hard hit rates up 7%, which is substantial. Yeah, and the barrel rates up a little bit, so yeah, he's definitely getting the most out of uh, you know kind of his his underlying metrics. But you know, just a forty five percent ground ball rate is good. Um, yeah, I mean, and like when people he, liked him in in twenty twenty one, right? That was the year he had. Uh, it it wasn't because of his stat cast page, right? It was a seven point three percent barrel rate. Um, right. You know, uh, a hard hit rate of forty five point seven percent right like that was pretty good but it was a small sample um and then it regressed last year to 34.5 which was concerning um and then back up like you said this year to 41.4 so good stuff 
Yeah, uh, it, it's a good one. And it's not like you said; it might be a sell. But yeah, the oh man, did you put a, a DH, Steve? Because I threw one in there. I did not, but give it to me. Well, similar to some of the other ones, uh, where I just kind of feel like it's it's time to give him the flowers. Adelise Garcia. Yeah. Uh, holy smokes, this guy. He's, he's an outfielder. Just, you know, I didn't have an outfielder, so maybe there we go. Yeah, he'll be it. he'll be your third. So, yeah. Garcia, it's just like how many years in a row can we can we doubt what he's doing? Mm-hmm. And I know the ADP has been responding this year. It was a fifty six ADP, so it still cost you like a fourth round pick. However. A 261 average, 848 OPS is kind of what you expect. But the two, the 23 homers, six steals, and the counting stats with the Rangers: 69 runs and a league leading 75 RBI. Uh, what's of note for Garcia is the K rates actually down three percent this year, and the walks are up three percent. And it's the third season in a row that he's just been an absolute fantasy stud. And at age 30. I think it's it's time for us to start looking at this guy, especially with that offense, as like a third round, you know, maybe late second round guy. Like, you know, if he keeps this up, and, and I have no reason to think that he won't, this will be three straight years of kind of defying everyone saying that Garcia is a fade. So just wanted to, to shout him out and kind of check the temperature on if uh, if you're coming around here, Steve, especially with the, the plate discipline gains. Another guy who could be an honorary um, WAF All-Star, um, fantasy All-Star, or Randy Rosarena. Like, yep, I think another one we've doubted. think because of pitcherless player pages and stack-ass player pages and fan graphs and our obsession with plate discipline, like, these guys, there, there is a market deficiency in these guys that we just constantly fade because their plate skills aren't great. Um, but there are many ways to skin a cat, right? That's a phrase. That's that's yeah, that's, yeah, bad. that's, that's a phrase. A, it's a weird one. Horrible, for horrible sure. phrase. I don't even have a cat. I know you guys do, but you know why would you want to? Yeah, or skin a sheep. Skin a sheep. That's the that's the shear, phrase. You yeah. can shear, shear a sheep, sheep many times, right, which is. Skin it yeah. only once. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Both not good phrases. Those shouldn't be used. Um, don't <laughs> shave your cat or anything like that. Um, no. We are pro cat podcast. Um, yeah. But yeah, like there's different ways to get to success, and I think that those guys are ridden off. And sure, maybe they you don't want to be the one caught holding the the you know holding the hot potato when, when, when they do fade because plate discipline guys do fall off a quick, quick, quicker, but I don't know if we need to be as concerned with like the the top, top end Randy Rosarena, Adelise Garcia guys because they're just that good. Yeah, agree. I mean, Garcia, he was one that I did grab in, in that uh, the Raz Slam league mm-hmm. that I keep I'm bragging sure about been, until sure I get he's been great. knocked yeah. out. Yeah, and I like those guys who are, you know, the plate discipline question marks because when they do have their production, it usually comes in bunches. So small note there. And maybe a learning note is just of the guys who go off, even if they have some strikeout issues, as long as they've proven that they can do it, like maybe it's a reason to not run away from Josh Young next year in drafts, you know? And I know it's like hindsight 2020 and everything, but... Yeah, it's just we we've got to reconcile that Garcia and and 
uh, Arosa Reina are making us think twice about kind of the typical industry thing. Um, we are going to get to pitchers here, and we got three each, but we got to take our second ad break, and we'll be right back after this. Okay, so Steve, here we are on pitchers. I'll let you kind of set us off with the first one. Uh, your boy, who I think has been the best pitcher all around from start to finish, all things considered, you know, blow-ups, tough stretches, um, that's Kevin Gaussman. I think he has been... The best pitcher, I think, credit to us. We said that he has the ability to be the number one pitcher this year, um, and I think he has been. Um, 115 innings, uh, 32.6% walk strikeout rate, 6.2% walk rate. Um, just amazing, amazing season so far for him. Uh, a 3.03 ERA. Um, I think he's pitched better than that. There's been, like, one or two starts where he gave up like five or six mm-hmm. runs. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has just been absolutely everything that you could have ever hoped for. Um, the K's is the best the K's part are too, just Steve. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, how many, I'm, I'm looking at the total. Yeah. I'm looking for the total yeah. just because I look at rates so much and that's my custom fan leaderboard. But, um, amazing. Yeah, he's got 153 stuff. strikeouts and 115 innings. And yeah, the 113 whip, you're right that uh, he's probably had the most, I don't even know how you would qualify like ace starts, but yeah, he's he's had a, a 12 strikeout outing uh, with one earned run. He has a 13 strikeout outing with one earned run. He's got another 13 strikeout outing with no earned runs. He's got two he's 11 strikeout seven, outings. seven double digit strikeout outings. Yeah, so and every third of his like starts. only one yeah. of those has he given up like more than one earned run or something ridiculous. There have been a couple of banana peel starts, which is a little frustrating. But I think also what's been really frustrating and should change is because I've I've got him in my home league. He's he's gotten some tough luck on the run support, where his record is just seven and five. He's he's had you know a couple like losses where he's looked really, really good. And you're like, what the heck? Like, uh, against the giants, June 26th, 12 strikeouts, uh, one earned run and he gets a loss there in six innings. So yeah, I think as long as, uh, the blue Jays can kind of do what their offense should, there's no reason this shouldn't be like a high teens, uh, win total. And yeah, he should cruise to like 240 strikeouts. So yeah, I, I love that one. I did not have it on the list, but uh, for for Gossman, his ADP was sixty one. Uh, so he was going after pitchers like Julio Arias, mm-hmm. uh, Zach Wheeler, Christian Javier, who I know we both love. That's been a shocker. But even like Shane Bieber, yeah, it just felt like. Uh, and, and again, credit to PLV because that was one of the things that yep. really opened my eyes to mm-hmm. how unlucky Gossman got last year. So I will definitely be looking at hit luck from PLV as a, a sleeper indicator uh, in the offseason this year. So, yeah, we'll see if his uh, – my bold prediction was that he would outpitch Garrett Cole. And I don't know. It might all depend on what the, the, the details were on that one. I think it might have been like the Rasball player Raider yeah. or something. But uh, I'm, I'm plugging another one of my guys, Steve, and we've talked about him plenty. And we don't have to go in too much depth, but another one that was – the ADP was – in the 120s was Blake Snell, 
who obviously kind of the tale of two seasons, but in the past month, he's been the best pitcher in baseball. 36 innings and 63 strikeouts in the past month with a .7 ERA and a .86 whip. And the season line is a 285 ERA. The 122 whip is not ideal, but he already has 132 strikeouts and 98 innings for Snell. And I think this is a value more than anything. It's less about what he's already done, and it's more about the fact that he's tapped into that Blake Snell mode where I don't know. I mean, what do you think, Steve? Rest of the year, like we saw him when he got locked in like this last year, just cruise to the finish line. Do you think we're going to get like topsy-turvy Snell the rest of the way, or do you think that like this is it? No, I I don't think so. I think he like tinkers and tinkers and figures something out and struggles and then like it just works. I think that Blake Snell, you should just go out and trade for like every May or June. Um, yeah, each exactly. Year after a slow start, uh, so it just takes some guys a little, a little bit. I don't, I don't see, you know, maybe it won't be a two eighty five ERA the best way, but I like Steamers three thirty five ERA with you know uh, eleven and a half strikeouts per nine. Like, yeah, yeah, sign me up. He's a good one. That was the one. Uh, mm-hmm. I was a little upset my brother snagged him in our underdog fantasy draft on last week's episode. Yeah. Which, as a reminder, if you guys didn't, we, we'll, we'll plug it quick. But through All-Star break, the drafts are still open. So mm-hmm. the, you, it's kind of last call for you guys to go out and sign up for the seventh inning stretch tournament uh, on the underdog fantasy app. It, we did the dra- live draft last week on our podcast. It was a great show. But you got to get in, guys. It's just $7 to enter the tournament. And it's a best ball format, so it will optimize your fantasy team the rest of the season. You don't need to set lineups or make any ads or drops. It's a deep bench, and it just puts in your highest scoring lineup uh, automatically. And $7 entry, $30,000 first place prize, and a total of $150,000 in prizes. Uh, Just a lot of fun. Format's fun. Uh, And if you guys use the code PitcherList, all one word, you can receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Just the mandatory disclaimer, you must be 18 years or older, 19 and older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. So, Steve, uh, we got two more pitchers left each, correct? Or did you add? Correct. Did you go a reliever as well? No, I didn't, but I have a few names. That, uh, yeah, you deserve a name in yeah. there. So we'll, yeah. we'll get there. But my next one is actually the pitcher who is replacing Kevin Gossman in the All-Star game. It's Mr. Pablo Lopez, and uh, I can't even really say that we were too early on this one because I feel like when I was in on Pablo Lopez, it was like four years ago, mm-hmm. and then he gave up like 10 runs in a, a first inning, and I kind of have never healed from that wound. When I he was know on my exactly team. where I was when that happened. Me too. I was in my mom's driveway, and it wrecked my I was, week, and it might have wrecked my whole It was summer. a Friday night versus the Mets. And, like, all my ratios were close. I was on the bus on the way down from the city to the Jersey Shore. Um, and uh-huh. just, like, melting as that start. 
watch. Yeah, it's an in, like instant the, the screenshot and text app. the league. Yeah, 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 your eyes like pop out. Yeah. So Pablo Lopez has come a long way since then. And despite feeling like a veteran, still 27 years old. And it feels like the season where Pablo Lopez is on this ascent, almost Christian Javier-esque, where some of the strikeout numbers are so eye-popping. On the, se- or on the season so far, he has 138 Ks in 111 innings, a 3.89 ERA, a 109 whip, which is really nice. And yeah, I, I just really like what we're seeing with Lopez. In terms of the pitch mix, he's ramped up the curveball. Um, and yeah, it's just like looking at Lopez now, what... I guess where do you place him, Steve? Like, is this an SP two three range for you? Um, I know you're a fan of him. I just I could see myself having a lot of shares next year. It's like like I would be kind of comfortable if like I double tapped on SP twos that he was my best pitcher. You know, like yeah, one of those. Comfortable with him as an SP one uh, sort of thing, where it's like. Pablo Lopez was your, is your best pitcher. It's like, well, yeah, because he had a he has a fourteen point six percent swing strike rate and a thirty point four percent CSW, um, and strikes out eleven guys per nine innings. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, enough said on Lopez, and uh, yeah, it's cool that he, he'll get a, a chance to be an All Star this year. So, um, well deserved. Let's hear, let's hear your second pitcher, Steve. Mitch Keller. Um, Another, nice, you know, more nice. value. Um, I know things have been not as great recently, but still overall, um, 117 innings, 9.2 K per nine. That's a 26.7 K rate, just 7% walk rate. Um, it's kind of become the pitcher that, you know, we all hope Mitch Keller could become when, you know, we were in on him when we saw the the pitching lab videos of him touching 100. Um, he's looked really really good this year and i think um is well deserving of at least the the first half all-star um you know maybe there's some regression there already has been he's up to a 333 area whereas that was that number started with the two for most of the season mm-hmm. um yeah but I, i'm taking the under on what the projections have all of them are around the low four zra um i think he can kind of be what his line is like a strikeout per inning mid three zra um you know, the swing and miss stuff isn't quite there. It's just an 8.8% swing strike rate. So that's always a little concerning when the, the swing strike rate doesn't match up exactly with um, the CSW, with the um, with the strikeout rate. But, you know, uh, there, there's other ways to do it. And Mitch Keller's got good stuff and, you know, gets a lot of called strikes. Um, so uh, I, I think even though it might not be the obvious go out there and get him, I wouldn't have as much faith as him as Pablo Lopez next year. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, I I still like uh, Keller a a lot. Uh, You know, he's a fastball cutter guy. So maybe this this fastball cutter sinker. So like three different fastballs that could be, you know, part of the reason why the whiffs aren't there. Those aren't swing and miss pitches, Um, but he could be uh, still tough to hit just with uh, deception and, and, and and tunneling things like that. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, in terms of the Throw value six for pitches these guys, too. six pitches. Yeah, the yeah. sweeper. He introduced the sweeper in twenty one. I know it's uh, 
kind of right around average in terms of swing and miss, but like deep arsenal, you'll you'll take it and kind of speaks volumes for the fact that he is doing it for the Pirates. I think with the exception of Musgrove, and that was even brief, you know, this is probably the most prolonged success of like any Pirates pitcher for the, the first half of the season. But Maybe yeah, like it would be Francisco nice to see Francisco Liriano him. in like 2014 Right, yeah, Edison Volquez or yeah. something. Uh, we're getting into the immaculate grid now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Keller, was his ADP was 370, so the, yeah. the deepest of leagues. And then Pablo Lopez was much higher, but still an absolute deal. You got him at 167 in March. Uh, going behind pitchers like Luis Garcia on the Astros. Uh, who else was above him? Uh, Charlie Morton, Drew Rasmussen, Dustin May. But, yeah, when you look I at some of these guys we Ke- didn't even mention. Yeah, you, you take him, right? Yeah, you take Keller. I mean, it's yeah. part of its part of its uh, health a little bit there. But, yeah. yeah, it goes to show that our theory this year of, like, the the middle class of pitching – and I know that was the whole industry. It wasn't unique to WAF, but like if you hammered that middle class of pitching with like Joe Ryan and you know, my next health pending like Je- Jeffrey Springs, uh, Rasmussen. Oh, okay, Joe Ryan is the next All Star. Yeah. All right, well, yeah, I- I'll uh, I'll save mine for you're, last. You're so, so Steve, good at you're so good at transitions. You don't even know accidental segues. I love it. I love it. Yeah, talk to me about Joe Ryan because he's on my home league, so I'm I'm here for that content. <sighs> Another guy who's been a little bit rough recently, at least with the home runs. I know today he gave up like five runs, but there was ten strikeouts and like no walks with it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the long ball is coming to bite him a bit. Um, more in line with last year after he really, really trimmed that down in the beginning of the season and had like a sub three ERA. Um, but like the whiffs and strikeouts are just amazing with Ryan. Um, you know, maybe because it's not like the overpowering fastball, it's more of the deceptive fastball that when guys do get a hold of it, there might always be a lingering home run problem there. But mm-hmm. those are going to be solos, and I think that there's probably going to be a bit of regression in the 10.5% homer to fly ball rate that should come down a little bit. Uh, left on base rate is a little low, too. Nothing crazy. Um, but Ryan's swing and miss stuff is just there, and like, He's been amazing for the first half. 28% strikeout rate, um, 3.2, 3.4 ERA, um, even with those few rough starts recently. Um, I think he's like a super solid, like same category as Pablo Lopez. I think I would put him in. Like if he, if they were, if Lopez and Ryan were my two pitchers next start, first two pitchers next year, like I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Like they, these guys just miss enough bats that, um, despite. They're very, very minor flaws. I think they're still really, really good pitchers. For sure. I, b- I believe in the organization, too. Mm-hmm. I think the, mm-hmm. the Twins, I know we talked about Wes Johnson, the, the coach, pitching coach there. Probably top, what, five to ten in terms of pitching development. I know Sonny Gray, uh, Paddock, before he got injured, was mm-hmm. looking good um, with the TJ. So, yeah. I, I Bailey uh, Ober. For, Ober, yeah, another another really good one. And so could have I been think, an all star too, as well. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, across the board, we're kind of sleeping on what the Twins are able mm-hmm. to do with guys. So. Agree. And even even some of the other names we we didn't mention. Who's the the youngster who's looked good this year? Uh, Joe uh, Ryan uh, Varland. Um, Louis yeah, Varland. yeah, yeah. Um, Louis Varland. There's been yeah. some, some rough spots there, but people like his stuff. Um, yeah. This curiously, 
go off topic and, and see how he's been doing in, in the minors since he was sent down a few weeks ago. Um, bear with me here for this bad radio. Uh, yeah, but I mean, while you're pulling that up, Ober's a, a great one of note because, yeah, the past month he's had a, over a strikeout per inning with a 2.61 ERA and a .97 WHIP. So, like, look out with the Twins pitching. I don't know what the rest of their farm looks like, but you know, it's my shameless Cardinals plug at the trade deadline coming up. Let's tap into some Twins pitching. He said two okay starts, um, one bad start where he gave up six runs. Um, uh, actually two bad starts. So it's five run, six run, then three runs. Um, so maybe not the five farm. Too, maybe so. not the farm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, um, Farland's been, yeah, there, I, I wouldn't give up on him essentially just because of this micro. Okay. Sample. Well, let me, let me see if you can guess my last one to round us out here, Steve. Uh, it is actually the, the best pitch coach team in the majors is my hint and a value pitcher for the best pitching team in the majors best pitching team in the majors a value pitcher uh start with the team what team i'll tell you yes or no on the team who what, what team is routinely the best best at pitching uh the astros i don't know who could be a it's not the Astros. Okay. It's a valid argument. Huh. I'll give you another hint. Okay. Uh, you you grabbed uh, one of their pitchers in your underdog fantasy and kind of regretted it a little bit because he was on the IL. Okay. So the Rays, McClanahan was there, but yeah, he's looking uh-huh. better. It looks like he's making the first start after the All-Star break. So Rays' value pitcher is... I mean, Rasmussen got hurt. Springs got hurt. Flying uh, under the radar a little bit. Eflin. Zach Eflin is my final one with an ADP of yep. 267. We were we were digging Eflin in the home stretch. We felt like he was a wide-awake sleeper, and it's looked great so far with uh, 97 innings uh, over just over oh, exactly 100 strikeouts, a 324 ERA, uh, one whip, uh, and... Nine and four in terms of the record with how good the Rays are. So Eflin, uh, yeah, he introduced a curve in 2021. And was it like a 10% usage with that? It's now his second most used pitch up close to 30% and has 95th percentile on swinging strike rate for that curveball with a 20.8% swinging strike rate. Uh, Just love what Eflin's doing here. I think he's still got a lot of years left in in terms of mileage. I believe Eflin's only 30 or, or, or 31, but um, love this one. And again, I think this is uh, a guy that's been a huge boost to any fantasy team that's that's had him. He's another a guy that's been on that best ball league that's going so well for me. So had to shout out Zach Eflin uh, as my final value all-star here. Yeah, love it. I, I wish I had more shares we have him in our dynasty league i think which has been uh, needed because our pitching is our biggest area of need there but uh glad we have him for sure yeah just a 3.9 percent walk rate mm-hmm. for for eflin uh steve if you'd like you can talk about uh, a relief pitcher for the value all-star because you've been all over alexis diaz for 
couple years, and it's pretty cool that Edwin was probably the best closer last year, and Alexis Diaz is arguably the best closer this year. Uh, but yeah, I'm assuming that was one that you were saying you were going to shout out with Definitely. Uh, his ADP was where? Maybe like once 152 overall. Yeah, nothing like getting drafting a, a you know a closer who is going to go in like the top 50 next year, especially you know, 30 in NFBC leagues. Uh, at pick 150 um it, it it seems to happen every year and i think you know it's kind of why somewhat fade relief pitching like you could find the guys with the good strikeout rates that should have a role um you know 26 yeah, saves already like my god that is absolutely awesome um wish i had more and shares. what his k numbers are insane too like yeah, i think yeah, 37.4% uh strikeout rate um, walk rate's a little high, but you know, doesn't really matter too much when you strike out close to 40% of the guys that you face. So yeah, um, 203 ERA, 103 mm-hmm. whip, 61 strikeouts and in 40 innings. And like you said, the, the 26 saves. So Alexis Diaz has been a monster. So, uh, any, any closing notes, Steve? I know we ran long, but obviously a blast to go through the first half, uh, fantasy value all-stars man it's like uh this content never gets old for me no no this is fun i'm glad uh glad we did it um and and hopefully put um a different a different spin on it it was fun to uh um be able to you know reveal our list or toward to each other lexidia leads the league and saves uh crazy 26 saves. Duvall also has 26. Then Romano and Class A at 25. So, um, probably, I mean, Duvall was, might have been around that ADP, but I no, think he I, has, I was looking at him. He was, he was up a little bit higher. Yeah. Uh, so, 107 compared so, to the 157 yep, or whatever yep, it was. The, a few rounds later for, for Diaz. That's that's great stuff. But, yes, it's fun. And, and hey, I, I just, you know, the underdog stuff, to, to go back to that, like, Another reason why I can't wait for the games again on Friday to 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 get back in and uh, have a new league that's starting. I'm probably in these next few days when there's no baseball. I am definitely going to do at least one more uh, seventh inning stretch. Underdog draft. Yeah. Oh, that's a great call because I got some airport time oh, on nice. the uh, the flight to San Diego. Oh, yeah. So, oh yeah, um, we'll be, we'll be texting for sure. And yeah. you guys. As always, feel free to reach out to us if you guys want a topic or a player covered, anything like that. We are happy to include it. You guys can follow us on Twitter and reach out to us on Twitter at WinsAbovePod. I'm at Van underscore Verified. Steve is at Stav8818. Uh, we don't have a threads yet for our, our show, but we'll <laughs> let you guys know if and when that comes. Till then, uh, take a well-needed breather and enjoy the the beauty of the game. Hopefully you guys already did with with the All-Star break, but last call on on Underdog Fantasy, and uh, we'll talk to you in one short week. Thanks, guys. Later.